four more weeks to be absent. Um, the four weeks, I guess, is ending um, Friday. Was that approved? Was that granted? It wasn't granted. The speaker told me that he had not granted that. Because we need to be here to um, make the requests. Uh, but this was submitted from our side. And um, even the first one, the first one, that saw her out. She didn't make any requests from the speaker. So the speaker said, you're only going to accommodate that. It's been a long drawn um, matter. We've been having conversations. And I think there is, there is something that is happening. Mm. There's something that is happening, and uh, I don't want to go into it. Uh, unfortunate as the situation is, but certainly a decision will have to be taken. One way or the other. One way or the other. The constitution is clear what decision can be taken Absolutely. on this. The first is Honorable Sarah Adwa Safa. The second is Honorable Henry Horty. And the third is Honorable Kennedy Ohine Ajapun. Consequently, as is my understanding of the provisions of Article 971C and Order 61 of the Standing Orders of Parliament and the decision of the Court of Appeal in the case of Professor Stephen Kweku Asare and the Attorney General and three others, I hereby refer the said Honorable Members to the Committee of Privileges for consideration and report to the House. Since today is the last sitting day of the meeting, I refer it to the committee and I expect that the committee will submit its report two weeks after the House reconvenes. Honorable members, attendance of members is to Parliament, not floor of the Chamber of Parliament. The law lords who ruled earlier on most of these things are happening because of the recent judgment of the Supreme Court. And that is the good reason why I asked for a review. The work of a member of parliament in parliament is not restricted to the floor of the chamber. Much of the work of parliament is done at the committee level. And that is why when it comes to the time of voting, the bell is rung for 10 minutes so that at the committee meetings, members can leave the committee meetings and come and vote. You can be on the floor, you can visit the washroom, you can go to attend your constituents. You are in parliament. Being in parliament, it means being in the presence of parliament. Good to listen to me. When I'm done, you have the privilege to make your. your Minority Chief Wayne. Read the standing orders again. Mr. Speaker, I have read what I want to read. And I've stopped where I want to stop. Honorable Member. You listen to me. And when you, when you hear me, will you resume Speaker, your you seat? You have to hear me first. Will you resume your seat? Mr. Speaker, you have to hear me first. Will you we resume you. your seat? Mr. Speaker, we heard you in silence. You, Please, 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 please,
And Mr. Speaker, when you are making reference to the ruling of the High uh, the Appeals Court, Mr. Speaker, the interesting thing that you left out, and I draw your attention to this, is that when that Appeals Court made that ruling, it concluded with this. After the court has said that the, the, the seat will be declared automatically, it went ahead to say that under the 1992 constitution, however, it is the high court which can declare a member of parliament seats as vacant without providing any reasons or legal basis for the assertion. More particularly, when the provisions in question do not either explicitly or impliedly rope in the high court. This is what the appeals court did. So, Mr. Speaker, with the greatest of respect, we agree you made a statement, but your conclusion, Mr. Speaker, the gender police, as we sit in this chamber, is this. If we allow speakers to take petition from outsiders and so motive with petition from outsiders to defer members of parliament to privileges, colleagues will be doing ourselves the greatest disservice. Because we will one day get a dictator speaker who will simply take statements from outsiders and begin to penalize individual members of parliament. It is on this basis that I call on all of us that to resist the attempt by Mr. Speaker to refer our police to the privileges. And if there is justification, let us get one of us as member of parliament who is convinced that our police needs to go through privileges to do that and not to allow speaker to be Right, so we're back to Parliament again. Um, this particular Parliament, the 8th, uh, doesn't appear to get off the radar and offing for all the wrong reasons. Well, thankfully, for a while now, we haven't seen any uh, blows and physical attempts uh, to, to work there. But what exactly is going on in this very august house? the center of what we are practicing we call a democracy without which in fact we have no democracy my guest in the studio john abdullahi jinapoi is mp yape kusogu and member finance mines and energy committees of parliament kweku kwating is mp obwasi west and chairman finance committee of parliament kofi bentel is lawyer and senior vice president of Imani Africa. He joins us uh, via Zoom. Gentlemen, good morning, and thank you for joining us. Good morning. Right. Okay, so um, this thing that is started in the House, um, beginning with uh, Kofi, I want you to give us your preliminary view, watching and listening uh, to developments. We had known all along that Ajoa Safo was the target, was a candidate. Uh, unfortunately, or somehow, we get to discover that uh, now uh, three MPs are in trouble. So, what do you make of what is right. going on? Right. Good morning, Samson. Good morning to everybody. So, let's broaden it. Ajoa Safo was the target for a political weapon. She was the target for certain people to achieve a certain very narrow political goal. But we need to go back a bit. Before the last election, I was one of the lawyers 
is working with Odikro. Right. And we had gone to court on the same issue. And the issue was that there are too many parliamentarians who take monthly salary, take allowances, and they take the perks of their office and they don't go to work. Out of the 275 parliamentarians that we have, it is our reckoning that less than five and half of them go to work regularly. Less than 50% go to work regularly. And less than 50% contribute to parliamentary discourse, debate, lawmaking, etc. And we think that is a heavy cost on this country. We need to do something about it. Some of us are of the view that we have too many parliamentarians. We are not getting value from them. But if that is what it is, we need to find a way in this republic to make sure that we get as much as we can out of our parliamentary. So way back then, some of us took the step. Now, that case was never called until the elections were over. Coming forward, that practice continued. And there were still calls that, look, this thing is wrong. People should go to work. And we should get value out of the people we pay to be parliamentarians for you know, various purposes. Now, it was not heeded until the politicians themselves wanted something done and they felt that they could invoke this law. That is where Adrasafo became a target. My issue is this. We need to find a way to make our parliament effective. And the main role of parliament is to be a check on government. Now, if parliamentarians will not go to work, they cannot be a check on government. If they will go to work also and just vote for the government in power for whatever they want, they will also not be a good enough check on government. Mm -hmm. You remember when the E-Levy issue came up, I said this was a good thing. Because ultimately, I think the broader view on all of this is that it is good that this is happening. Because now people or parliamentarians will set up and realize that they have a job, they have been paid for, and they have to do. Mm. And if they don't do it, these are some of the replications. Right. I, however, hope that it will not just be a matter of parliament. I think more citizens must take it up like Professor uh, did and got a ruling. And I think the ruling must be enforced so that parliamentarians will feel the need to do what they have been paid to mm. do and what they stood for elections to do. Right. In 2018, um, I spoke at one of Odikro's uh, Brown Bag series, uh, lecture series, and I used their own statistic. I was surprised, I was scandalized what I saw in their statistics, even though the MPs have consistently uh, sought to deny uh, the statistics. The fact remains that Odikro has people within the house who are checking their attendance all the time, and what they have is impregnable. So um, I make a reference and ask you one question. To conduct business, Parliament requires a quorum of one-third of the MPs, and that is only 92 of the 275 members. It's been difficult to get this small number, 92 mm -hmm. out of 275. It's been difficult to get this small number, and we have seen and heard speakers, speaker after speaker, weep and cry over this conduct. Lack of quorum led to the postponement of the debate of the 2016 budget. Not once, twice. In fact, between January 2013 and July 2014, the average MP missed one in every four sittings of the House. 
This increased by 58% by 2015. On June 12, 2015, only 83 MPs were in the House. Over 22% were absent for many sittings without permission. In 2017, 27 MP ministers and 21 MP deputy ministers absented themselves more than 15 times during some 80 sittings. And don't get surprised, they absent themselves without permission. And that's a conduct in complete disregard of the Constitution. Now, guess this. The scandalous thing to find is that at the time, even opposition MPs, who you would think don't have too much to do, and so will go to the House, were equally guilty. NDC MPs constituted 28%, while MPP MPs constituted 72% of those who were absenting themselves in the manner they were doing. Now, Kofi, my question to you is, their standing orders allow the Speaker to grant permission to keep your regular job. That's why you see some of them, like some of the lawyers among them, we go to court, we see them all the time. So you ask, are they really doing the job of the MPs? So if their standing orders allow it, why should we complain? Kofi, please unmute. Hello, Sanfi, do you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Good. We should complain because there are rules for parliament. And indeed, the rule is that if you are a parliamentarian, it is a full-time job. And if you want to do anything on the side, you need to get the permit or um, permission from the speaker so to do. And again, we need to focus on this issue because our parliamentarians over the Fourth Republic have elevated a footnote into a keynote. So almost more than half of parliamentarians are doing work outside parliament for private profit. Like you say, we meet a lot of them in court. And they have treated the parliament or the work of parliament as a part-time job. And that is wrong. If you don't want to do the job of a lawmaker, go and make law, sit in parliament, debate, listen to debates, and please don't go to parliament. Mm. So we need to complain. And the point I want to make is that it just happened that today it is their parliamentarians who are seeking to evoke or invoke that uh, um, rule to achieve a certain goal. But that was made for a certain broader goal. And the broader mm. goal is that if they do not go to work, they should relinquish the seats. So now, so we, have, now we have a hung parliament. Yes. They can't afford the luxury of one person absenting themselves. Yes. And the whip is being cracked. What, what is our complaint again? We are not complaining. We are just trying to put the thing in context that we should not be doing this only when we have a hung parliament. We should be doing this all the time. We should be requiring of our parliamentarians on the pain of losing their seat to go to work every day, all day, like we do. Because indeed, they are pretty well remunerated compared to other civil servants and public servants. Mm. So the issue is this. It is not an anomaly that somebody is requesting that a parliamentarian should go to work and that if they do not go to work, they should relinquish their seats. The only anomaly here is that 
that request is being made by parliamentarians or politicians themselves to achieve a certain narrow goal. But this should become the norm. This should become what every citizen does, which is why we should commend people like Odiku who keep tabs on these things. And we should all be minded to look, stare down, and shame those parliamentarians who take the money, take the office, take the pegs, and do not go to work. So this is entirely good. And it's one of the good things that come out of a hung parliament. As far as I'm concerned, we should always have hung parliaments because it will create certain dynamics which will bring good things out of the democratic structure we have. This is the first time in, the, in, in, the, in the, uh, this republic that we are having parliament assert itself in this kind of strong way. And all these things are coming up. We are discovering all these laws, which already we have. Imagine that if parliamentarians knew, like all of us know, that if you don't go to work, you'll be fired. And they all came to work. Imagine that they took their work as seriously as they are taking it now. Imagine that they came and they will vote and they will rally their people to come in and they will debate and the people will fight for what they believe in every time, all the time. Mm. I think our, our republic will be better. Okay, uh, so uh, gentlemen in the studio, uh, I suppose you will not be part of those who are guilty as charged. Um, Article 97 says, a member of parliament shall vacate his seat in parliament, H, uh, not H, um, C, if he is absent without the permission in writing of the speaker and he is unable to offer a reasonable explanation to the parliamentary committee on privileges from 15 sittings of a meeting of parliament during any period that parliament has been summoned to meet and continues to meet then order 16 of your standing orders say 16 1 a member shall not absent himself during a meeting for more than 15 sittings without the permission in writing of the speaker. Any member infringing this order shall have his conduct referred to the Privileges Committee. Kofi's question is what I put to the two of you. Why must we come to the point where you have a hung parliament before you realize that this exists on our books? Yes, Koku. Well, well, thank you, and good morning to viewers and to listeners. I think it shouldn't have come to this. We shouldn't have waited as parliament for it to become politically advantageous uh, to uphold provisions that have been uh, captured in our constitution and standing orders. And, and, and maybe, maybe we should look upon this as an opportunity to correct what has been done wrongly in the past. I am a chairman of a committee that sits quite often, and I also have concerns about attendance even at my committee. And I see that on the floor, and uh, I am left in no doubt that something has to be done to correct this. It cannot go on forever. Um, I plead that we do not cut our nose to spite our face. It is true that the current dynamics in Parliament in respect of those who have been referred to the Privileges Committee are coming out of a certain political desire to gain numbers advantage. But we risk 
also downplaying the rules because we worry that people motivated by politics may succeed even using the laws and the constitution. So whilst we urge ourselves as members of parliament uh, to respect these provisions and going forward, uh, if that is the intention of uh, the speaker, to support the speaker, to deal with the absenteeism we are we're seeing, uh, nothing should stop uh, us also, to the extent that it is lawful, to take advantage of these provisions in these times when we have small numbers, when we have tight numbers, uh, to ensure that we, 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 we take the advantage we, we can. So my, my, my simple answer to you will be that, yes, uh, these rules have been there. We should have been upholding them. We should have been having this discussion uh, much earlier than now. Mm. But if it has taken uh, a tight parliament to bring up the discussion, it is still okay. We still have the opportunity within this to fix what has been wrong for a long time. John, in a system that works, where the law is clear and your standing orders are clear about what should be done to those who uh, default or breach the law, how does this escape you? Kennedy Japan absented himself without permission for 24 out of 28 sittings. Sarah Adjoa Safo absented herself without permission for 19 out of 28 sittings. Then you have Henry Corte also absenting himself without permission for 23 out of 28 sittings. How does this happen in the first place? First of all, it's important to determine the absence from parliament. If you read, it says 15 sittings, but I know the speaker has ruled that it should be 15 continuous sittings. That's what the speaker has ruled. So intermittently, if you absent yourself based on the speaker's ruling, that is not 15 continuous sittings. Because it says, whilst parliament continues to sit. Mm. So that's the interpretation. What, what I read to you is for October to December 2021. Now, guess what is in 20, January to March 2022. January to March 2022, absent for Kennedy Japan, 16 out of 28. Uh, for Adjoa, uh, Adjoa Safo, 28 sittings. Henry Corte, 25 out of 28 sittings. This is what we are talking about. Yes, so what Parliament has done is that they've taken 28 continuous sittings <laughs> and determined that out of the 28 continuous sittings, you are 24. That, I'm saying so because others try to just look at the 15 different days mm. and say that 27% of MPP MPs, 27% of NDC MPs were not available. So I think that ought to be determined. Two is that the speaker in his latest ruling has stated that when you are within the precincts of parliament, which includes attending committee meetings, you are deemed to be present in parliament. So if you just go and take the vote and proceedings, 
and look at, and you know the votes on proceedings normally will list those who entered and signed in the chamber and not those who attended committee meetings. Because it will list those who signed and entered and list those who were absent with or without permission and then attach committee reports. So I think even that one, the House itself must reconcile that. Whilst you are listing the person as absent without permission, if you go to the committee sittings, that same person is listed in the committee sittings as having attended like finance committee meeting. So, so that's something I think parliament itself. You're saying that you will go to parliament and will not sign up, but you, wouldn't enter the but you will attend some meetings. So I attend do you finance do that? committee. No, I'm asking Sometimes. you, will you Sometimes do that? we sit at finance committee meeting from six, let's say, say from eight in the morning. And before you realize, the house is closed. We've had that before. Yes, many times. The committee meeting is so serious, and chairman knows those of us who sit at the committee meeting. It's so serious like that, you even forget that, look, the house is sitting. And maybe by 2 or, say, sometime even by 12, the house is closed. So do you recognize that the speaker's ruling, so to speak, or that was a communication to you, that being within the precincts should be seen as present? Because that also appears to align with what you read in SKMA. So that is it. So that's why I'm saying that. So if you just go and take attendance in the chamber and draw a conclusion and say that this person was not in parliament for, say, 50 days, when out of the 50, probably 5 or 10 or whatever, he was at committee meetings, you ought to be careful how you draw. I'm just saying this because people like to also get involved in our parliamentary work. We all educate each other, we are learning. I encourage Odikro and all those people for what they are doing. If, if you are referring to Odikro, Odikro will explain to you that they don't only check those who are present in the house, and they don't only use the book, but they proceed. They, they used to do that, and the majority leader drew the attention that that was wrong. And then they revised it Fantastic. and try to check to be sure that you are in the house Fantastic. in the first place. Fantastic. Right. But you are not saying this to excuse that these three no, individuals no, I'm I'm have not been faulted. I just thought I lay mm. this basis so that yeah. we ourselves as parliament mm. would improve how we report on attendance, how mm. we uh, determine, uh, even like you said, within the presence of parliament. Can we enhance our standing orders to define what we mean by within the presence of parliament? So that it is clear and explicit. So you don't leave room for conjecture. Mm. Now we are dealing with three. But even if you redefine it, it should insist that you must sign in, even if you have a committee. Fine, let Parliament do that. Yeah. I just think that we should right. bring clarity mm. and certainty to all these issues. All right. Now the issue of the three, it is obvious that these three have absented themselves continuously beyond the 15 days. The records clearly show. Mm. But when you read the Constitution, it is clear that even when you absent yourself for the 15 days, you automatically do not lose your seat. Th that ought to be established. That the fact that the person is absented himself for 15 days doesn't automatically result in you losing your seat. I'm going to the constituency. God forbid. I'm involved in an accident. I'm in coma. There's no ID card on me. I'm rushed to the hospital, put on a life support for one month. Before my family is able to trace and even determine that I am there, do you declare my seat vacant? That is why you ought to be heard. And so I think that they ought to be given a fair hearing.
But the truth is that sometimes, let's face it, there are some political issues here. Mm -hmm. And that is where the challenge then comes. Because if you listen to members of the MPP, they always talk about Adjua Safwa's absence. I haven't heard even one single MPP MP complain about Kenya Japan's absence, complain about Henry Cote's absence. But you've heard numerous MPP MPs consistently complain about Adjua Safwa's absence. Because on certain critical decision-making uh, periods, they expect her to be in parliament in order to shore up the numbers. So the intention behind this whole issue of you being absent is another matter. Let's see how it goes. Don't forget that the chief whip already is even challenging the decision by the speaker on his own to refer the matter to the Privileges Committee. Mm. And I'm told that he has even filed a motion. That ought to be determined even by the House. Yes. Whether when someone believes that you've absented yourself, it ought to be raised on the floor of Parliament before it is referred to the Privileges Committee or the Speaker on its own through communication can refer the matter to the Privileges Committee. Mm. So this to start with, areas. I think a part of his uh, contention is that the I think uh, of the 70, somewhere in order 70, 75 thereabouts, says that, talks about petitions. Mm -hmm. And he says petitions must be brought only by MPs. Mm -hmm. Petitions so, to Parliament. Yes, only by MPs. For the purpose of MPs, uh, Parliament's consideration, only by Parliament. In this case, the person who has brought the petition is not an MP. So his argument number one is that the speaker doesn't have the power to bring such a matter before the house is the communication the speaker gave the speaker said he has received several petitions mm. so that is the underlining issue he says i've received several petitions from civil society and others and so i caused the table office to do a check for me they then adduce the evidence to me and based on that i'm referring it then Montaga says, Speaker, hold it. Yes, you might have received petitions, but in accordance with our standing orders, those petitions must be raised by members of parliament. Mm. So if the public believes that something ought to be raised, probably lobby Kwakukwaten or lobby Jinapo, let me raise it on the floor. The speaker hears it and then makes that directive. So it's, it's, it's quite thin. The order is on the 76 one. It says, and uh, foot, the side note is petitions. And the title of the, that part, part 11, is papers, petitions. It says, every application to parliament shall be in the form of a petition. And every petition must be presented by a member. Uh, uh, okay. you, you know, Samson, we, I think we are getting into the problems that uh, Kofi Bento complained about. I think there's a much bigger issue about the MP's absenteeism. Mm. And probably today's discussion focuses on the political matters that have come to Parliament. So maybe we can grant that. But I wish that there will be an opportunity to discuss absenteeism generally. The technicalities about being in committees and all that may be raised and we should find ways of clarifying those areas that are not clear 
But we cannot, we cannot overlook the fact that absenteeism, it's a problem. Hmm. And almost I, every speaker has complained. Yes. About it. And, and, and I, I look at the UK Parliament especially, and sometimes I see very few people in their chamber, very few. I see that in other parliaments. Perhaps we should find out the workings of parliament in those areas. Mm -hmm. And to the extent that Ghanaians are concerned about the absence of their members of parliament from the chamber and from parliament, see what, what path we as Ghanaians want to chart. Mm. I don't want us to quite mix that up with the other matters yeah. that have come. Absenteeism but, 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 is a real problem. But, but this small one, where do you stand? Yes, I'm going to that. MPs should be giving permission to do their job in addition to representing the people in parliament. Because your orders allow that. You apply to the speaker and he gives you a waiver so that you are able to keep your job. No, no, no. There's a committee. But I even, I even yeah, yeah. yes, should, should that be there? Should that be there? You should ask that. That you are an MP. You should, ask, you should be giving leave to do your continual. You, you, uh, should, you should ask that question across the public sector. All right? If somebody is a public servant and they come to work regular times, are they allowed after work to do anything for additional income? If you are um, the chief director, you have a small shop in your house. <laughs> you close work at 5 o'clock. Are you allowed to go and sit in that shop and sell? So we should be fair and ask that question across the public sector. What do you think? It's a question I asked to you, and, and I, I want to I'm answering. You see, answer. I'm expanding yeah. it because it is impossible to say no to MPs. If I close work, I close parliament, I've closed my committee meetings, I am in my room, I mean, I'm at home, and somebody comes for consultancy advice, and I can advise for money. You say we should make it impossible for the MP to do that, or if, as a member of parliament, I close work, and I have a small shop close to my house, am I allowed to sit at that shop and sell? These are matters that I think we should not take members of parliament away from what happens generally in the public sector. We want to find out what happens in other places. I think that should be permissible, except that if you have to be in parliament, be in parliament. If you have to be in committee meetings, be in committee meetings. How you use your time after work is your own business. And if there's a requirement that you should seek leave in order that you can engage in profit making, I think it is more to be sure that that profit making activity does not in any way get in the way of your main job as an MP. Okay. That is the concern there. But I do not think you can say that. You share the same view? Yeah, you say, first of all, you are even referred to a committee. The speaker on his own, sole motto, cannot just decide that, go ahead and do that. There's a full committee that evaluates your application and determine whether that, uh, that is a committee on members holding office of profit, whether it would conflict with your work, whether it will impede with your work before they grant it. Because I'm saying, I pay my driver, I pay my secretary, I pay my research assistant, I pay half of my vehicle, I buy my own fuel. I want, ask him, I try to be very effective in parliament. If I want to be effective, the 9,000 city wouldn't do it. Let's be frank. The 9,000 city I earn a month. You are not talking about the other things. Like what? We know the 9,000 is not what you earn. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that once it doesn't conflict mm. with my work, mm. it doesn't impede my work, mm. I can be a board member of a private company and bring my expertise to that office. 
Okay. I may be giving so, some. All right, thank you. Now, but, but, proceed, but, but, proceed to the substantive matter. That now, the substantive matter. Mm. I have looked carefully and I've spoken with many more senior members of the House on this matter. And if you look at Order 76 1, mm. which you read, which is a petition to Parliament, and it's very important that you stress the word Parliament, a petition to Parliament. The requirements on that are very clear. You ought to be a member of parliament. And in fact, it's not just being a member of parliament. You need to take the process through the house. And in some cases, there ought not to be a debate. In some cases, there ought to be a debate. And effectively, you'll be dealing with a motion. Which motion then would be decided upon by the house? But 76-1 itself excludes matters of breach of privilege from all these requirements. If you read 76.1, it says all these do not, uh, what is following, the requirement of being, doing that should, it has, it, it does not include matters of breach, uh, breach of privilege. Mm. But in 76.1, petitions to parliament. It says a petition not relating to a breach of privileges of the house and which according to the rules or usual practice of the house can be received shall be brought to the table by the direction exactly. of Mr. Speaker. Exactly. So it's taking out petitions relating to issues of privilege under 761. You see that very clearly. Yeah. And then it goes on to say how it must be treated. Yeah. Again, if you go to <coughs> 164, 164 1 uh, speaks about the privileges committee, but 164 2 then goes on to see, say how matters must be referred to the privileges committee. And there again, you see clearly that it, is, it ought to be a decision of the House mm. to refer the matters to the Privileges Committee. You see that. But 60, 76 deals with petitions. And then uh, I think it says petitions and um, something. <clears throat> but it deals with petitions. Mm. 164 deals with normal committee work you know, normal uh, parliamentary committees and how they work. If you look at the section 30 and 31, which I'm sure the speaker derives uh, the rightness of what, what he did from, it, it deals with privileges. There it is very clear. Privileges and, and um, contempt, breaches of privileges and contempt of parliament. Right. That is the section that deals with that. And <clears throat> you go to 30. Disorderly conduct, misbehavior, uh, and that is in 30. persistent or willful disobedience of general rules, you know. It lists, so it lists yeah. all of them. And then it comes to 31 and says, where there's a complaint in relation to these matters, the speaker would refer to the Privileges Committee. I see somewhat a conflict. Because in 31, you don't get a sense at all that it must be taken through the requirements that are listed in 76.1. You don't get it. It says wherever a complaint. It yeah. says in all cases of proceedings. Yes. Where complaint is made of a breach of privilege. Yes. Or contempt of parliament. Mr. Speaker may direct that the matter be referred to the Committee of Privilege. Yes. Let me finish with this point. I just wanted you to mm. draw this distinction. Yes. Mm. Privileges 
as against attendance to parliament. If you do not attend parliament, does that amount to any privilege? Certainly not. It's a breach of so, so don't mix privileges attendance and attendance. Attendance the question of yes. privilege, should it? So don't let us mix the two. Okay. But there, there, there's no place. Look, unless we consider, we consider absenting yourself from parliament, you consider it under 30G, uh, uh, something, the, the provision you read, unless you consider that, then there's even no space under our standing orders to deal with absenteeism. So what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that 31 uh, ought to consider absenteeism as breach of privilege. Mm. You, you, there's, which, there's which, no, I, which I disagree. Okay, that, 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 that is fine. Which but I disagree. But, but, but when I look at 31, I don't get the sense that uh, the speaker aired, and I don't get the sense that it ought to have been raised by a member. I think there is space there for the speaker to have done this. At the very best, you can say that there is doubt. And when there is doubt, you will go to order five, and again, it's the speaker that would decide what ought to be, given, okay. given the doubt. But, but something just mm. to uh, respond briefly to Jinapo on this question of whether absenteeism should be considered to be a breach of privilege. If you look at the order of business under uh, order 53, there is no room for breach of privilege. It has room for contempt of parliament. There is no room there. The whole place, there is no room for breach of, breaches of privilege. So I can only say that the speaker under 31 uh, referred this to the Privileges Committee, and that ought to be proper. Okay. Just a quick one. Yes. Uh, Generally, this house, mm. our house, mm. you can raise any matter as a member of parliament, provided you go through the right processes. That is one. Mm. You must apply to the speaker. Mm -hmm. If the speaker admits it, you come to the house, you move that motion. Yeah. Once it is seconded, mm. it is before the house. And then the house will determine what it wants to do. So that general framework addresses virtually anything that ought to come before the floor for debate and for decision making. And so I thought that if you, the majority side, felt that this very issue was that topical. Mm. You had every opportunity to raise that on the floor of parliament, second it, we discuss it, and then it is referred to the committee. Mm. It should have been tidier, it should have been neater, and you wouldn't have put the speaker in this difficult situation that we find ourselves. Mm. It's my personal opinion, but right. I'm entitled um, to that. So one of your colleagues says that um, the speaker had power under 31 and 53 1D to do what he did. He says that uh, Article 7097-1C considers absence of parliament to be an incidence of breach of privilege. He considers it to be an incidence of breach of privilege. And that uh, Muntaka was horribly wrong with his challenge to the speaker. Some, some, some happened um, on the floor that Right. So, just a, I beg so, I mean, so the, your side, the majority people are side, asking a question. Maintain that even the privilege committee mm. had no business. I want us to move away from the, the technicalities. Yes, yes, we will we'll become uh, there. I want us to move away from the technicalities uh, so that we don't spend too much yeah. time on this. Yeah. Um, let me get Kofi in now. Kofi, um, some members of the public are concerned and they are actually curious that it takes NDC MP or MPs, at least we know of one so far, that is complaining 
in a situation where they quote unquote stand to benefit that three MPs from the MPP side are going to suffer. Some can't see their way clear with uh, that. But Muntaka insists that he is fighting for procedure, principle, and for the future. That if things are not done right, um, a dictatorial speaker can invite petitions from outside from anybody and through that remove an opposition member that they are not happy with. Yeah, and I think whoever is thinking that way is justified. There is a general feeling in the Ghanaian public that MPs will always unite to protect their interests, mm. even if it is against what the people want. So you see MPs agree on their loans and all those other things. The details we can discuss, but clearly, when you have a situation where MPs are going to be put under some sort of scrutiny, and I can see um, um, Honorable Montaka um, looking into the future and guessing that, look, this can turn around, and then you would have some of my people or myself you know, coming under you know, the same kind of pressure. So he's trying to do it now to prevent any future occurrence. But when you do that, you are actually bulwarking the um, institution of parliament against the people. It is the same parliament also which will exact privileges against people who criticize them or say things that they don't like. Mm. So you have a creepy situation where parliament is trying to extricate itself from any kind of control. Now, that is wrong. It must never be allowed. We need to establish this fact that parliamentarians are employees of the people. And especially to the extent that there are rules that require you to go to work. I have been listening to the banter between Kukwati uh, and uh, Sajinapo, and it's all technical, whether it's right or it's wrong. Here are the fundamental issues. There is nowhere that you can refuse to go to work for an elongated period of time and expect that your job will be there, you know, you come back and you continue. There is no company where more than 50% of the people refuse to go to work consistently. And that company is going to work well. And I agree with Mr. Kwarteng. If you finish your work, after your work is done, and you go and sit in your shop and you do your consultants, that is fine. The same thing must be done with MPs. They should come to work, finish their work, and go and do the other you know, jobs that they want to do. That is not what we see. We see a situation where, again, more than 50% are consistently not going to work at all and spending their time doing other things. The other issue that must be clarified for our people is this. If somebody is saying that the technicalities do not allow the speaker to do what he did, and I'm glad that um, another person came and said he is very much allowed to do what he did. Indeed, it is our view that a person who has absented themselves for 15 sittings and is not consecutive has actually vacated their seat. <laughs> and that was the government of the judgment that uh, mm -hmm. Asari got. Mm -hmm. So it is a matter that has happened. Once you do that, you vacate your seat. And it is for either the clerk or I believe the speaker to declare it as such. So if you say by some technicality a petition cannot do this, then we will end up suing the speaker. Okay? And we thank God for groups like Odiku. They are on the beat. And we will all support them. We need to get to a point, and I agree with Mr. Kwati, that if we do some of these things, it will strengthen parliament, it will strengthen the committees, it will strengthen the work of parliament. So the technicalities notwithstanding, and indeed, I don't think the technicalities are a problem. We need to accept the fact that we have a problem with parliamentarians going to work. It has become endemic. It has become catastrophic. It has to be solved. 
we cannot leave it to only parliamentarians to solve because mm. um, Honorable Muntaka has shown us clearly that they will do everything to defend themselves. If it, should, it means should, defending their should own. Speaker, in this particular case, should the speaker people, or should parliament be accepting, as it were, petitions from ordinary Ghanaians for such purposes, other than those that are taken through the to MPs? Absolutely. Because we need to entrench the principle that parliamentarians, and indeed ministers and others, are employees of the people. Our parliament is not sovereign. It is different from the UK parliament. And I don't want to go into the technicalities. Why some of them will not be there. They are not sovereign. So we should take those petitions. Indeed, that is why there's a lot of push for even private members' bills. We need to make sure that we have a healthy mm. interaction between parliament and the people. There is a tendency for parliamentarians and parliament to, you know, go away from the people. They can easily lose touch with it. The suggestion is that, have that the suggestion is that if you if you allow it that way unbridled, there's going to be the opening of the floodgates where um, political mischief, you know, opponents will try to undo uh one another using that vehicle but i i i i practically have a problem with that because if you have not absented yourself for 15 days why should you be scared for, of anything mm -hmm. exactly so if you have not committed that problem there will be no situation where that will happen and if it happens it will be thrown away that mm. is one number two mm. it doesn't mean every uh, petition will be considered so indeed, there will be a system process that takes away all the rabble rousers and the troublemakers. And then three, most floodgate theories are fantasies that never occur. There will never be a floodgate where people are going to be sending things. And indeed, mm. parliament will have a way of you know dealing with it. Right. right. So yeah. the principle must be clear that mm. there must be a system in parliament that allows mm. citizens to participate in what goes on. But parliament is a master of its rules. It will determine what goes forward and what does not go forward. And there will be situations where even where there is merit, okay. We can all listen and then have, after the debate decide that look, this should not go anywhere. But we cannot have a situation where parliament cuts itself off the people and then goes on and does things like what we are seeing now, where most of them don't go to work and we will not have anything to say or anything to do about it. I believe the speaker is right. And indeed, this protects parliament if the speaker will take these steps. Because if the speaker doesn't take these steps, you will have court cases after court cases. And somewhere down the line, it's going to get, you know, worse. Mm. So that house pretty must happen. Um, I don't think Muntaka should resist this. Okay. Yes, um, I, people can't understand why when we say, you know, a meeting of parliament, which is just between 12 to 13 weeks, and you can't avail yourself for that much. Um, people are raising issues that the NPP, why are you targeting Adjusa for the way you are doing? Because now we are, we are getting to know that she has more germane reasons not to be available uh, because of family issues, her child issues, um, and American social security matters, social welfare matters that may deprive her of her child and the rest of them. She sought permission and then she wrote again to seek permission. And unfortunately, she must route it through her leadership. And the majority group didn't want to come, uh, recommend the 
absence, the permission for her. So the speaker has not also confirmed that. And she had to write directly to the speaker to complain about the circumstance. And the speaker referred that to the majority again, who were already, as it were, biased against her. Samson, let me make this point. I'm part of the majority, and I can say uh, without any doubt mm. that an overwhelming majori uh, majority of those of us on the majority side sympathize with Honorable uh, Ajoa Safu. There are a few who have expressed um, some concerns about her absence in languages that we have all been disturbed about. Uh, I do not think Honorable uh, Ajoa Safu is <clears throat> doing anything out of malice. I do not think there's, there's any intention to undermine government or to undermine the caucus. I, I never believe that. And the majority of us uh, <clears throat> on the NPP side, we, we don't believe that. So that point must be made clear. However, we ought to ask the question, is this about sympathy or it's about how Ghana's parliament works? That if a member of parliament was elected and for some, for some reason outside their control, they cannot be in the chamber for the four years, that because the reasons uh, reasons that attract sympathy, and we all understand as human beings, then it's okay for the people of that constituency not to have representation for the entire four years, simply because the person is away for reasons beyond their control. We, we have to ask that question. And <clears throat> I think those, it's very easy to say Somebody is targeting her because of politics. The last thing I would do is to target Joseph. She's my friend. Maybe I, not you. I guess I just don't want to do that. Well, we have heard we have heard the claims that because uh, of her unavailability, you have struggled to pass e levy, and you suffered a lot of embarrassment. And you know you blame all of this on her. At one point, uh, she had to be uh, put on a jet to come down you know, in a risky way to come and, um, and be part of the voting process. And all the rumors, I'm not supposed to elevate rumors, but the rumors that she suspected, <laughs> she suspected to have been the person who added her vote to the NDC for the speaker to no, be elected. I, I don't believe and that. And so she's, she's, she has to be punished, no, no, isolated. I don't, I, I don't believe that. I don't think it was Ajua Safu that voted. Because I know Ajua, I've known Ajua since we're out of parliament. I, I don't think she did it, and, and that must be discounted immediately. I also do not think that when people blame her, you may blame her to the extent that her vote was not there to help the majority, majority side get what we want. Mm. You may, to that extent, blame her. But I do not think you blame her to say that she's doing this maliciously. But as for... Some of your people, including your leaders, have suggested that. Look, the, that's what I'm saying, that the majority of us, and we have, this, we have private uh, um, have platforms, we, are, we have discussions amongst ourselves. The majority of us believe that Ajua Safu is not doing this maliciously. But the, all of us, including myself, also believe that the fact that her situation rather calls for our sympathy and support does not mean that the parliament of Ghana must almost perpetually 
be without a, a, a member that has been elected to represent the constituency. We must differentiate two things. So I would be happy if, assuming, I mean, Ajoa uh, is a woman of substance, but if there was... We have entertained uh, such circumstances before. Why her? It's almost like course, saying... because we, you have we, a hung parliament now. Uh, it's almost like saying if we have entertained MPs absenteeism for so long, why are we discussing it now? There always ought to be a point at which we say we will do the right thing. So what I'm saying is this, that I, I believe that, uh, uh, and the majority of us on the majority side believe that Adjua Safo is not doing this maliciously. And if anybody, and I've heard some comments, and where those comments came, many of us have discussed it amongst ourselves as unfortunate to let it seem to the public that she's doing this maliciously. When many of us believe that indeed she needs, she needs support. What we, I, for instance, cannot accept, however, mm. and I, I, at the risk of repeating myself, should we allow a situation we sympathize with to, if you like, deprive the, the people of a representation? I mean, is, is it something we want to entertain? Mm. And, and mm. last, and I take a shot at my colleagues on the other side. <laughs> we must be careful what we do about the institution called parliament. Mm -hmm. This precedent that we will protect a situation that reduces the numbers of parliament, never mind uh, what is causing it. So long as it could give us numerical advantage, we would support. We are setting a precedence that the people of this country do not need. Mm. And that is where I end. And I think uh, the processes should continue. If, if, if she's in such a circumstance, have you given her the opportunity at least to resign? No, but you need an opportunity. Because that's more honorable. Oh, but, but you need an opportunity to resign. In, we know. We, in government, you do this all the time. You want to sack people, and you ask them to jump, rather. You, you let them resign. Well, well, I think if a person considers that they are unable to fulfill the responsibilities for which they were elected for legitimate reasons, mm. it is for them to say, look, I'm happy you voted for me, but I'm unable to perform these functions for one, two, three reasons. Therefore, I resign. I mean, John, I let, let me start with you on this note. What, what do you think the message is the message out there that uh, Ken Henry Corte, who we understand have been unwell for some good reason, have been unwell, have uh, been seeking medical treatment out of the country and so on, and yet do not have the curtsy to seek permission. What does that tell you of the attitude of members to the importance of their job in the House? I think we could deal with that. That you see, there's been a general feeling that you can absent yourself and nothing will happen. Because it's been happening. Because yes. it's been happening. He yes. says that you ought to draw the curtain. I have no problem with that. But clearly, something, let's be frank, and I'm happy you say, let's move away from the technicalities and deal with the real issues. The target is a Joseph for. Let's be honest. Let's face it. And your, your, your protection is a dual safety. So, so we are moving from the realm of technicalities to political interest and gains. Mm. Listen to your own member. Resign honorably before we table a motion to sack you. MPP MP to Ajua Safua. Be a member of the Privileges Committee. Since April, even after the matter had been referred, he stated that Ajua Safua must resign, even without listening to her. A member of the Privileges Committee who has already made up his mind. And I was drawing your attention that on the floor, the majority leadership 
maintain that the speaker had the right to refer the matter to the privileges committee mm -hmm. but he had no right to insist that the privileges committee that's a constitutional must matter. bring the report that's, that's a constitutional floor. matter we will go the lady they say that the, the privileges committee should listen to them rule and determine and that becomes finality your suspicion is that they have the numbers so what will happen the only one one, and, one, and he made the difference at the finance committee. At the finance committee, when we voted on E-Levy, <laughs> it was a tie. <laughs> which meant E-Levy would have then said... Casting the vote by the chair. He gave a casting vote. And they have the casting vote on that committee. And proudly so. Yes. <laughs> so beyond all these issues, the meat is a political game. Mm. Let's be frank. That is the whole issue. So that, so that but the constitution says, and I think uh, Kofi or uh, you mentioned it earlier, you did, it says, if you shall vacate your seat, if you are absent without the permission in writing of the speaker, and reasonable. and you are unable to offer a reasonable Reason. explanation to the parliamentary committee on privileges. Mm -hmm. So, so, privileges so we know these two uh, uh, gentlemen, that, you know, these two men, that they... They have been sick. They have health issues. Kweku has just confirmed that Joy even needs our support. She even needs our support more mm -hmm. because she's also going through a very difficult situation. And it's not only on health grounds that you then say that you don't know you qualify. But he knows that she even needs our support. Mm. And yet members of the committee have already started so they will use a subjective rather than an objective standard well, that is it and that is what happens in parliament so they were insisting that at the privileges committee let's end it there it shouldn't come to the house they were exonerate ken mm. they were exonerate henry Cote. henry Cote. Fall in this, this, you are contempting parliament, huh? If it came to the floor, what <laughs> okay, I would if it came to the floor. If it came to the floor, what will happen? You would see what will happen when they bring the report today. And I know you would be very much interested in the report. Because the report has to deal with this three. And the recommendations thereof for the house to be. They there. cannot justify the two when they are isolated, just uh -huh. is that what you're saying? They, would, they can do that. Mm. And that's what the committee can. The committee can decide, having listened to the three, we are satisfied that as for these two, they have solid grounds. The house should let them go. But as for Adjua, we are not satisfied with her explanation. She should be expunged and the seat declared vacant. So, and you watch what will happen. So if it came to the floor, it will be a matter of voting. It now be a matter of voting. And uh, my sense is that the majority must carry the day. So it will then be those for, those against, on individual levels. Mm. So you take Ken. The committee only recommends to the floor. Mm. Plenary will then take a decision. We can reject the committee's recommendation. Ken will vote for himself. Henry will vote That's for himself. That's even another matter we must determine there. And even with Muntake's motion, we must even determine whether Ken and uh, Henry can, and Adjua Safua can vote on that matter when it is brought before the floor. Komuntaka is saying that the speaker cannot. If that is carried, all this issue of privileges and whatever mm. is, is that. But, 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 so but Samson, this is important. This is important. Given what I have read and my own belief that at the very worst, the constitution, the, the standing orders are ambiguous, and order five gives the speaker the power to interpret in those circumstances. Mm. The speaker, I think, must make a determination whether to admit the motion in the first place. 
If it doesn't, there's another route, and you know that. That will be the courts. No. You can get uh, one third of the members to sign, and then you move, I think, half hour motion or so. Sign a petition. Yes. And then we, we do, when we get to when we get so, there are so many yeah, other right. um, issues. Yes, uh, we can end this year, but let's hear, uh, Kofi, if you have anything uh, to say uh, briefly in a minute, then we can take a break on this issue. I think what is being glossed over is the legal proposition that these members have already vacated their seats. No, no, no. no. I think yeah, that no. determination in court is being looked over. Based on what? And it's a, it's a serious matter. Look, some of the people who have been mentioned, some of the MPs who have been mentioned, are favorites of mine. I mean, I really want them to be in government. They are showing how good they are. But this also speaks to the fact that we need to have a pure parliament. We need to have the constitutional amendment to remove this requirement that ministers come from parliament to make parliamentarians full-time parliamentarians and make them continue to be in parliament all the time. But the point here is this. Have they vacated their seat according to law already? Or they are now going to be processed to, you know, be determined whether they will vacate their seat or not. And yeah. I think that I agree with the opposition based on the wording in the constitution and the law that uh, by absenting themselves, they okay. have vacated their seats. Prof this Prof process Prof will Prof not pass Prof 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 Sorry, who mounted that suit says that the constitution talks about unexcused absence yes. up to 15 sittings in a meeting. In that case, mm -hmm. the redress is through the privileges committee. Yeah. Yeah. That is clear, mm -hmm. and the Asari case was not about that at all. Yeah. The Asari case was about absence in excess of 15 sittings in a meeting. In that case, the court held that the seat is vacated automatically. It is not up to the Privileges Committee to excuse an MP from his job of representing his constituents. The rationale is that leaving the Privileges Committee to address all absences will reduce it to a political game. Mm -hmm. And the unwanted outcome, where the Privileges Committee found that he had offered a reasonable explanation to be absent from Parliament, mm -hmm. even though he was in a US jail. On how this should be triggered, I think it is clerical um, issue. That must be handled by the custodian of the attendance register who must do better at reconciling the register to reflect members in attendance at committees so that those in committees don't suffer unnecessarily. Yeah. Um, I'm taking a break, but let me read two messages from two MPs. Um, now, Ejapa Mesa says that if JJ is suggesting that at the core of the Ajua Safo referral is some political game and profess no evidence, is that an admission that the NDC is also playing a political game? That is the question. Um, uh, Roxanne Dafiamapo says that the speaker, it's obvious, is concerned about the image of parliament regarding absenteeism, which must be dealt with. But let the point be made that parliament is the only organ of state that you are entitled to enter on grounds of politics. So everything in parliament turns on <laughs> and around politics. Indeed, the constitution even demands that when you get to parliament as an independent person, you must partner political groupings to form a caucus group to constitute a majority side 
all minority side. Mm. I return to share some of your messages before we proceed to uh, fact-checking Dr. Baumia and his um, truths about the economic situation. We'll be right back. 